And we have Gopaswami Prabhu with us. Who's going to introduce Gopaswami Prabhu? A titi. He's a titi tonight. He's an ocean of mercy. Gopaswami Prabhu is our old French Swami. Born in France, lived in France, served in France, and has been in New Mayapur for, well, of course, during various times he was working. He's a professional medical doctor for decades, but he's always been coming to New Mayapur since the day he joined in the middle 70s, 74? Yep. 1974, with his very wonderful wife, who came a little later, of course, but they've been serving here for decades through thick and thin, uh, serving New Mayapur in various ways. And if you know, some of you have seen, well, normally he lives there, but right now, for various reasons beyond his control, he may not be there. He's living in the house over there. You've seen it? You can't see it very well from here. Maybe you can if you look out the windows. Got a green roof. Got a green, it's eco house. Eco house is made out of earth, you know, cow dung, straw. Straw bales. No, it's not straw bales, it's straw. <laughs> My house is straw bale. This is not straw bale. Earth. Earthen walls made by hand. He worked on that house for maybe two years almost, huh? Yeah. Almost two years with volunteers and anyone who was around doing more or less everything by hand. The floor, the walls, everything. Except for the roof, practically speaking, which is, you know, an already constructed roof. Um, so he's been here. He's built two other houses. For those who've been down to the far corner of the property, we used to... Is it still called Little India or no more? Huh? In theory, yes, it's still Little India. Mostly the beauty of Little India has been moved up to here. But that's called Little India in the far corner of the property over there. He has built two houses, little ones, little couturiers, also made of earth. And very much made of uh, earth and straw and different things from this property. And he was living there for 20 years in one of those little huts. He takes bath outside in the winter. In the winter, uses the bath na nature's bathroom outside also. He doesn't have a shower or a, a what we call a toilet in the wet outside, and he lives in very small houses, a grand total of nine square meters. Now your bedroom is probably quite a bit bigger than that, and he's been living there when he's in New Mayapur for twenty years. Can you imagine? And his wife in a slightly larger, similar constructed building. This is what Prabhupada wanted. Um, not that we can do it all the time, but Srila Prabhupada wanted us to live very simply. Isn't it? One of Srila Prabhupada's uh, constitution, in his uh, uh, constitution for ISKCON, later the incorporation documenter, is to live very simply. Why? Because it is favorable for Krishna consciousness. It's hard to relate to that, I know. Because most of you were brought up in Manchester. All from Manchester? <laughs> Everyone's from Manchester? <laughs> Not everyone. Oh. Some from London, huh? So London also. <laughs> you're brought up in a city, you're brought up in modernization. And wouldn't it be nice to live a simple life? No internet. Can you imagine living a life with no internet, no mobile reception? Imagine 
What a world it would be. But it was like that until 20, 30 years ago. Prabhupada spread this movement with none of these modern, for some of them, but practically none of these things which we're so dependent on, right? Writing a letter. Have you ever written a letter? Handwritten letter? Any of you written with a pen? With a pen. <laughs> you know what a pen is? You've seen one around now and again. They still have pens? They still do. I don't know if you still have envelopes that you said. Property used to take the envelope. And he, you know, if someone sent him a letter, he would take the envelope, carefully open it up, and use the back of the envelope for notes. Many of his original writings were done like that on the back of envelopes. We can't imagine it. Huh? You throw away things as quickly as you can. Right? Food, junk, in the bin. So much waste. You know, I don't have an awful lot of stories to tell about Prabhupada. Well, I have a, lot, a few good ones, not awful ones, but I have a few good ones. But Pritu Prabhupada has, oh, it could go on all night telling you stories about Srila Prabhupada in Germany and other places because he was very much in the centre of things in Germany. So when I joined in England, it was, I guess, a little bit developed, a little bit more at that time than Germany in many ways. We had devotees like Shamasunder there and Guru Das. They just left, but Shamasunder was still there. Jamuna, Malati, they'd all been there. And there were still many of them in England when I joined. So we were kind of a little bit in, you could say, the background. Wow. Hare Krishna. Do I want a microphone if you want me to? Hare Krishna. Thank you for the garlands. So most of us who joined, I came first of all just after she probably left. Just after he left. Prabhupada uh, came to London in 1971, August, September, and my first visit was just after Prabhupada left, so I didn't see him then. And uh, we joined, I came to the temple first, probably the end of September, and for about five months, six months, we were coming and going to the temple and finding out, what is this all about? What is it all about? What is this Krishna consciousness? And practicing at home a little bit. After several months, I decided, yes, this is it. I said, we haven't got time, we're not going to tell that. But we joined the temple, and basically speaking, um, we just, Krishna consciousness meant service. Selfless, constant service. It wasn't something you do in your spare time or as you like. It was. The mood which Sri Prabhupada gave us was something extraordinary. Something extraordinary. We were blissful. Totally blissful. And, I mean, can't say that really, but in one sense, yes. We were completely satisfied doing service morning to night. Even if we couldn't sleep at night. We had so many experiences of this. And then when Prabhupada came to London, he came in July 72. This was the first time we, I saw him. And uh, I just tell one of the story, then pass over to Preetu, and we'll pass it on. So my first time I saw Srila Prabhupada was at Heathrow Airport. 
all of you from Manchester, you may not know Manchester, where we used to work. it's a small airport on the outskirts of London. Once a day, flight comes and goes. They, they don't even fly to tours, you know. Small anyway, we, uh, we, we were with Bactus. So back to Jeff was one of those devotees who would do whatever. Our temple president then was Dan and Jaya. Now most of you know Dan and Jaya from the UK. I imagine you've heard of him and seen him. Senior Prabhupada Sopada. He was then the temple president of Burry Place. We didn't have the manor. We didn't have Solar Street. We only had Burry Place. You can still see the building. So um, we were staying in Burry Place. And our temple president asked five of us to go to the airport. So we drove in the only vehicle we had, which was an old van, like a, I don't know what brand it I think it was a Ford, but it was an old vehicle. We drove that to the airport, five of us, early in the morning. Now the reason being was our temple managers and the secretary, his name was Jai Harib, had arranged for Srila Prabhupada to what we call a VIP arrival. You know what a VIP is, good. So the Prabhupada would you know, come in without all the normal and we had uh, a, they rented rather, a hall there, a reception hall. And we were going to have a big reception for the press. They invited about 100 members of the press and television and stuff to Prabhupada's arrival. So our business was to go there, clean the place up. One thing we learned from Prabhupada was cleanliness. Everything had to be clean. So we cleaned the whole place. Then we had to put all the chairs out. Now, one thing we did have, we had a huge feast for all of these pressmen in the van, which had been prepared by devotees. So we had that in there. We brought that out, put it in this hall. And my job was to organize all the chairs and tables. So I wanna, we brought the Vyasasan from Burry Place. We had this rather large Vyasasan. And I, I, I can't remember every detail, but as far as I can remember, it was Mahavishnu, who is now... You know this Mahavishnu Swami, Nama Hatha Swami, the one who wears the hat. You may have seen him. He's got the holy name on it, so I call him the Nama Hat Swami. <laughs> um, and he was a Brahmachari then also. He joined just before we did. And another Brahmachari named Swainbor, who's from Australia. He's in Australia now. And then another devotee was there. His name was Dear Nayaka. The four of us plus Jai Hari, who made the arrangements, five of us, went to the airport. And uh, Swainbor and Mahavishnu were setting up the Vyasa. They had to take it apart to get out of Burry Place. It was too big. They had to dismantle it into pieces and then reassemble it at the airport. So they were in this room assembling the Vyasa Santa. And uh, it was probably about 9 or 10 in the morning. Prabhupada was to arrive about 11 or 11.30. That was the idea. And it was just, we were, I was putting the chairs out, stacks of chairs, 120 or some chairs going out. And the other devotee was sorting out the pots of prasadam, getting things ready for serving later on and so on. And the other two were organizing the Vyasasan. Jairi was somewhere hustling around, making sure there was no problems for Prabhupada around the immigration area and stuff. All of a sudden, the back door, the room was about this size, actually, maybe slightly bigger. 
And the Vyasa San was up there. I was over here, more or less where I am here. Prasadam was over there, it was a bit wider than this room, quite a bit, over there. And the door was entrance doors over there. And there was no one else in the room besides the four of us. And suddenly the door opened over there and Jayari came in. This would have been, I can't say exactly, nine-ish, nine, nine-thirty. And he, sees, he, he made a surprise announcement. He said, Srila Prabhupada's already here. We thought maybe this is a test run to see what we would do, but it wasn't. It was real. Within about ten seconds, Prabhupada walked through the door. The room was few chairs, otherwise empty. Half-constructed Vyasasan. <laughs> table over there with pots of prasadam on. And Prabhupada walked through. Now, Shamsundra was left behind. Nanda Kumar was his servant at that time, walked in behind him. And uh, he just walked straight into the room. I didn't have a clue what was going on. I was completely, my mind was going old. And Prabhupada walked in, I kind of bowed down behind the chairs, which is a stack of chairs, and stayed there. I didn't show my face. I stayed there after bowing down, just watched and listened to what was going on. And Prabhupada walked up, empty room, completely empty, big room. He walked right up and sat straight on his Vyasasana. And it wasn't screwed together fully. So behind there, the, the two devotees, also out of view, I think, to Prabhupada, were behind the Vyasasana holding it to make sure it didn't overstay. And Prabhupada sat down, looked around the room, and said, where are all the devotees? There was no one there. Dear Naika was hiding behind the prasadam on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> I was hiding behind the chairs here. And they were behind the Vyasasan. There was nobody. It was just Prabhupada, his servant, and Jairin. There was nobody else in the room. What are we doing here? Prabhupada, where are all the devotees? And I heard Jairi explain, Shiro Prabhupada, we had a telegram saying we're arriving at 11 o'clock. That was very common in those days, by the way. Prabhupada's arrival, he would come and you know, nobody would be there. <laughs> Take a taxi, the devotees would be going to the airport, he'd be coming back to the temple in a taxi. Because nobody had mobile phones. We didn't even have a phone what to speak of a mobile. It was so hard to communicate like that. Everything was by telegram. You know what that is. And half the time they were gone. So we... I just sat there, what's next? And Prophet said, what is this? He looked over to the Bhushad and, and then Jaya explained, we were going to have a reception, Prophet. We've invited over a hundred members of the press, public media and stuff, to come and uh, you know, interview you or whatever, for their newspapers and shows and so on. But uh, we invited, they were supposed to arrive at 11 o'clock. Um, so the, the devotees were at the temple, Prophet. Still there, and Prabhupada said, What is this? This is the prasadam which we were going to serve to everyone. So then Prabhupada said, uh, The word made up a plate, and Dhiranaka appeared from behind the pots and made up a plate for Prabhupada and brought it over. Sri Prabhupada took his breakfast sitting on his Vyasasan in Heathrow Airport. And uh, he very much liked the preparation, these, what was prepared that day. Chira, Chabda, I don't know how you pronounce it in Guru. 
chocolate chair and sprite, you know, basin flour and nuts and different things. Sprite, spicy, very spicy. Yeah, he liked it. He had he filled it his whole tiffin with this preparation. He wanted to take it with him. Tiffin, he had a tiffin. Filled that up. And then he said, So we will go to the temple. He didn't seem bothered that, you know, the whole thing was going to be dressed, everything. No, he wanted to see his devotees. So he let us go to the temple. So then we had this one vehicle there and uh, I guess Jai Rio, someone drove it back. We four had to stay back at the airport. We were there till four in the afternoon before anyone realized that we were still there. Um, we had no another penny between us. <laughs> anyway, we missed the whole show in London. That was our first meeting. So my first time I ever saw Shri Prabhupada, quite interesting memory. Nothing spectacular, but Shri Prabhupada really comes, he came to London in 77 to reciprocate the love of his devotees. His, his heart was always for his children. And you're also his great grandchildren, Corey, what you will, will equally dear to Sri Prabhupada. He's always thinking of you. He's so happy to see you're here today in America. Thank you for coming here. And we hope that your stay is very fulfilling and very happy and beneficial for your lives. I'll hand over to Preacher probably in 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever we'll pass around like that. Is that okay? Hare Krishna, thank you. Closer, right? Yeah, I joined seventy two actually on the first of January. And uh, so shortly after that Prabhupada came to Europe and we heard he was coming to Amsterdam. And so we all drove out there and the devotees and excited. And uh, so I came the day before on the flight. And so I knew at that time it was not able because there was border control. We had to go to immigration. Hold the mic close, if you please. We had to go to immigration. Not too close. No, not, not too close. <laughs> so we had to go through immigration. We had to go through immigration. That's good. Okay, we had to go through immigration. And so I knew Robert would come exactly through the same immigration. I went the day before. The boys were all down there and waiting for the luggage. Well, just a luggage belt. So I went alone. Yeah, that's And, uh... Well, also visited France that year in 72, as well as Amsterdam and England. Same yeah. time. Hare Krishna. Nothing happens here. Hare Krishna. I need some. Can you need some pillows here in the back? Yeah. Don't drink some water, please. Perfect. Three cups. So, um, 
When I went upstairs and I saw the immigration right in front of me, Prabhupada turned around and he saw me and he waved. And I have a picture of that. It was the first time, it was a very Prabhupada moment. There was nobody there. I was the only person that Prabhupada was, was greeting and he had a big smile on his face. And then he came by, there was some servant with him, and I was surprised how small Prabhupada was. He was not very tall, I mean, he was quite small and a huge head. And he walked by and I cried and I laughed. I had so many contradictory emotions at the same time on the floor. It was amazing to meet your spiritual master. And I knew this is my guru, somehow or other. And so I went down there when uh, Prabhupada was led to the VIP room. And there were some journalists. And I could not understand Prabhupada's Bengali very well, Bengali Hindi, Bengali English. He would talk about birds, the birds in the sky, and what are birds? Birds, you know. Turns out that there are many birds in the forest. <laughs> and so, in the morning, I listened to one of his tapes, and I couldn't understand about 50%. But the amazing thing was, and it's a, it's a kind of a mini miracle. When he spoke, I could understand every single word he was speaking, some other. And uh, then I went back to the temple with Prabhupada. We had a, a, a Saudi VW bus, and 17 people uh, went packed uh, into that bus. With Prabhupada yeah. in the bus? Yeah, he was in the front, in the, one of the front seats, there were three people. And the rest of the women were at the back of that band and the Bopo blockers. I mean, it was a pack of people. It was all painted up with Lord Vishma, Vishnu lying in the, in the, in the, in the ocean. And others uh, have Krishna Lina on the other side. And uh, so we drove to the temple. And uh, it so happened that you know, when he was speaking, I could understand every word. And later, when I came back to the temple, I started the same tape again that I had in the morning. And you remember, I could understand 50%. I understood every single word all of a sudden. It was kind of, Prabhupada had this magic touch. You know, sometimes I heard from Brahmananda, probably that one time, uh, when Prabhupada was in the, in the, the in the, uh, what temple was that? The first temple in London? Sorry, place. No, in London, in, in New York. In New York. Oh, yeah. In New York. 26 Second Avenue. 26 Second Avenue, exactly. And Brahmananda couldn't come with Prabhupada to see this Dr. Mishra, which was some sort of a Mayavadi yogi in upstate New York. And Prabhupada liked to go there, hoping that he could uh, help some people to come to their senses and become Krishna conscious. <laughs> And, and so Brahmananda couldn't go because he had some sort of a growth on his heel. It was impossible for him to go. And so everybody else went and Brahmananda was kind of sad that he had to stay back. And so then in the middle, after an hour or two, all of a sudden the telephone ring, rang and he had to go to the next door. And it was painful, so he had to crawl, you know, to not use that foot. And he lifted himself up and the father was on the phone and said, Prabhupada said to Brahmananda, are you well? And he said, yes, Prabhupada, I'm well. Prabhupada said, very good, and hanged up. And so then Brahmananda walked back, and when he sat down, he realized that he had walked, so that he was completely healed from one moment to another. He told me it was a 
miraculous event. Father, sometimes there was something special about him of this kind, you know. And so he was completely healed. This is one of the famous prophet stories. And so um, when prophet came to the temple, and it happened to be, uh, it was in a garage kind of transformed in Indian style with all these arches like this. We're in, in Amsterdam now. In Amsterdam, but in, in the new Mayapur, uh, that kind of style. It was done by, by uh, who was it? Turabi. Turabi. Turabi Prabhu decorated like this. I had never seen fans in my life. There were these fans hanging from the ceiling, pretty small room. And so Prabhupada, in the afternoon, there were initiations. And uh, uh, actually, not initiation. There was uh, the, the inauguration of the deities, the deity installation yes, of mm. Lord Jagannath. Mm. They're now in Varadesh. Uh, so the installation was there. It was planned in Akwanandam March. He took sannyas. He gave us some sannyas. At that, he became sannyas at that time. So Prabhupada came into this uh, into this room from upstairs, from the side door. I don't remember. It was in front of here. I was sitting here. And he sat down on the asana and he didn't see. He looked at the havan. There was a havan set up, right? Havan? For the fire. Fire yagya, for the do the fire yagya, for fire yagya, and he said, Where are the flowers? There were no flowers. Prabhupada became angry. I've seen Prabhupada three times angry, you know, and I mean really angry, you know, and he could from one moment to another he would flare up. You know, then he was, it was not based on, on his lust, it was not based on lust and anger. It was simply based to educate us, for education. He could turn up really becoming angry like anything, and then he went back. I will tell a la later story about that incident, another incident. And so he said, where are the flowers? And the prophet, uh, where are the flowers? And uh, uh, somebody gave some excuse, said, I want that Krishna has the flowers. Where are the flowers? So the prophet, the television is there. And where? Yeah. And I don't care what the television prophet said. <laughs> I care that Krishna has no flowers. Bring some flowers. <laughs> yeah. So the flowers arrived, the yoga was performed, everything was fine. But it was amazing that Prabhupada was not interested in, in public relations at all. He was interested that Krishna be satisfied. That was his main theme. You know, he used to say in the thousand asses, say you're very good, but if you use that. You know, Prabhupada was very strong on that. And so uh, that was my experience. And then we had, <coughs> there was a, a stage in Fondue Park. Fondue Park is a famous park in the middle of Amsterdam. There's a film from up with, uh, of that incident. And I got a film with Bhakti Goran Martin myself singing there. You know? And so this, this place was full of hippies. About maybe 15,000 hippies came to us. It was a different time, you can imagine. Everybody and his mothers was camping there in this park. And uh, so there was a journalist climbed on the stage. It was a crazy time. The, the journalist came and uh, uh, went on the stage and made a picture of Prabhupada. He went closer and closer. And finally he put his, his lens on Prabhupada's eye. He put his lens on Prabhupada's eye. 
until it lands on Prabhupada's eye. And we were so shocked, we didn't know what to do. And then Prabhupada said, Chow! You know, <laughs> guy went away. So our Chakravati, he, I mean, my blood was boiling, you know, that he did this with Prabhupada. It was so offensive. And uh, uh, so Prabhupada, uh, he continued lecturing while this event was going on. He was not disturbed. And then I saw my godbrother Chakravati, he went after this man, and I heard there was a big row, and you know, he came back. And I said, you beat him up, right? He said, yes, you really did. I said, he beat him up? I said, like anything. Chakravati. Those were the days. He beat the heck. I say you deal with people. He beat the heck out of him, you know? Anyone who gets in your way, just beat him up. Oh, he was, he was, you know, and I was so satisfied. And I heard this, you know, that my, you know, I, need, I wanted to be myself because I was so angry. But in any case, so then Prabhupada stayed there for some time. And uh, uh, I remember there was an incident that we walked through a very small, in this park, sometimes a day later, a little morning walk with Sivananda and, uh, and uh, uh, Akurananda. They walked with Prabhupada. I was right behind. We were four people on this party. And so we went around the bend in this park and there was a boy and a girl, they were naked and they were at it, you know. And, and I, I, I looked, you know, and Prabhupada turned around, he couldn't see me, he said, don't do that. <laughs> he could not see me, you know. He knew, my mind, he could read your mind like anything. I said, don't do that, you know. <laughs> I had a second look. Anyway, so then we went to his flat and it was way up there. In Holland, sometimes the staircase goes, one staircase goes up and up for two floors, you know, and there's always a door to the side. We looked upstairs and said, oh, staircase to heaven. It was very beautiful. <laughs> he said that, staircase to heaven. And so then uh, we had one event in the, in the in Krasna, Krasna, almost like Krishna, Krasna Polska Hotel, right? At the, at the King's Palace, opposite King's Palace. And there was a roundabout before that. And cars were a big roundabout. About oh, the Dam Square. In the Dam Square. Mm -hmm. You know, about... Center of Amsterdam, right in the center. Yeah, Dam Square. And uh, so there were, there were hundreds of hippies camping out there and smoking, you know, Bum Bum Shiva and, and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> And so we had to rent this expensive hotel, and when Prabhupada was about to come, there was hardly anybody there, maybe five people. And so Hans the Duke, I told me, go and get the people. So I went out there, and I think I grabbed a, a broccoli plant. I said, all of you holding up the broccoli plant, I said, a guru has arrived from India. Just now, come with us, we'll be feasting and dancing and singing, mm. all free, mm. come. So I got up, you know, and about 300 people flooded the hall. And they were wild people. I mean, you know, some people had hair green and like this or that. I mean, all kinds of styles. Somebody was hardly dressed, somebody. I, I, the whole regalia of, of, of the hippie days were assembled there. And one had somebody, uh, some, uh, was it, some chicken on his hand and snake in his hand, what not? And so we were, Prabhupada was reading the kirtan, he'd sit there and he looked down from left to right and he started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and he said to us, I was sitting there with Handaduta, he said, these people, they don't understand anything, let's go. You have kirtan for Saram, 
give Kirtan, that's all you can do. I'm going. He left. <laughs> and he was right. The people were so drugged. You know, it was a waste of time. You see, you have to understand uh, the hippie society was exactly like human society. There were gross people, simple people, and we were more intelligent. Ultimately, there was an intelligentsia on top, people who came from college. And many of those joined Prabhupada, and he wanted those people. And the, the, the original uh, devotees, many of them, they came from college, practically all DVT came from college. And uh, <coughs> Prabhupada told us later in Germany, he said, you have to preach in the colleges. He said, if you don't get college boys, he said, you will not be able to preach Krishna consciousness. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that was that. And so he said, just feed them prasadam and give them, have kirtan. And that's what you do with general public. They, they can't figure out. There's no concept of soul in Western society. There's no idea of what is God or who is God. There's all kinds of weird ideas, but there's no philosophy. And they never ask the question like, why do, or they do ask the question, why do the innocent suffer all in the presence of the benign, kind, all-knowing, every, present everywhere, an all-powerful God. And this is the question I asked when I was 10 years old to the priest. So they don't ask questions. They're kind of uh, conditioned by, from childhood to believe in Christianity. It's a conditioning, you know, from childhood. It's a kind of brainwashing. They brainwash into this. And so they don't ask questions like, intelligent people ask questions. And consequently, uh, when it comes to church or to religion, they don't question their religion. They just take it from childhood. It's banked into their head uh, that Christianity is the only religion in the world and everyone else is, you know, is not no even used to talk about. And so, uh, in the same way, the Hippie society was, uh, how do you say, stratified. Stratified? Mm -hmm. Like the, you know, the mm -hmm. different uh, classes of men. And the, the people, the students among the hippies would not talk to the general people, the general of the mill people that were smoking and drinking. It was a different group. And so Prabhupada liked you know, to preach to the intelligent people, and many of them joined. Take GKG joined, he was living on a tree at that time. TK? Yeah. Mm. He was li living in a tree? Yeah, mm. he was living on a tree. He didn't have many clothes. Either. Morning star. <laughs> <laughs> he had no clothes. <laughs> <laughs> he had no clothes, and so Vishnu John was there. He was living Simple on living, you know. We're not going to say that Gopaswami was doing that in there, then, yeah. <laughs> So he was living on a tree. And, uh, and, uh, yes, please. All I can think of was else was Subal. He became Subal Maharaj later. He was there. And I think Subal. Where? In that uh, Morning Star community. Subal? I think Subal. No, no, not Subal. It's not Subal. Huh? Subal. Okay, yeah. excuse me. Yeah, he We're getting old. We can't hear properly. He was, uh, you tell me. Subal. Yeah, Subal. <laughs> and so he was living there on a tree. Vishnu Jan. Vishnu Jan. And when... Prabhupada lectured, he started laughing, and, uh, and they asked him, why are you laughing, Swami? He said, well, I've never seen this in my life before. <laughs> it's a kind of unusual situation. <laughs> so not anymore. 
Not anymore. Not anymore. So then after that, Tamar came and three people came and asked, can we become your disciples? And they followed him. They dressed up and went to the temple and they became first class devotees. Had a lot of work. Maybe Gopaswami can say a few words. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us all about it, you know. You came to France, so you, you're going to have it from the French. Prabhupada is, uh, Gopaswami is writing a book about Srila Prabhupada and about France. So that will be coming out soon. So, okay, we are in, where in, you are, we are in 72, okay? Uh, Paris. And there is on student quarter of Paris um, there is a little ad stuck on a, a pole like that. and it's written you come close you see what's going on oh, meeting of sages meeting of sages oh. what is that? in Paris? meeting of it looks like in a forest in Maria meeting of sages with a beautiful uh, drawing of a, you know, a flute player, like that, artistic. Very attractive. All attractive. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, tonight, oh, tonight, meeting of sages, and then uh, we go, okay? We go, it's near the, the Notre Dame de Paris, no, near the river Seine, where all the students are there. And uh, you go to this place, and uh, you open a big door, it's a hall. You open a big door, okay? You know, what's like that? It's a joke, or maybe something strange. You're looking for something nice in, in life, right? You, should, you like should make sense. The world should make sense somewhere. Some idea about supreme, about God, about beautiful life and people. You heard about some French philosophers, some uh, uh, mystics, some monks, you know, something like that. A little from the East also at this time. 72, yeah. A little from the East. And uh, so you open the door, and oh, then, then start the, then start the uh, Hare Krishna explosion in your heart. <laughs> Not this book about Hare Krishna explosion, but it's a, it's a different explosion because usually. An explosion, boom, boom, and then after it just, like that, and it's chaos. But this explosion uh, starts and will will never end. Will keep going uh, brighter, more and more clear and beautiful, and make more and more sense. So this explosion is just. Uh, you have when you enter this this hall, there is a 
like an uh, airplane, you know, colored on the stage. It's a, I heard later it's you know it's a yes or sound, and it's a, a big, uh, big like that. And then here is a sage. Here is a sage. Oh. I never saw a sage like, like this one at least because he has he has a conversation. Just his own being. It's like uh, oh. this person. Immediately, if he is not from this world, he's not from this world, and he's still very present. He's there in Paris. Oh, immediately, if you oh, this person, this sage, he knows, he knows, he knows everything, he knows God. He's a, uh, he's close to the supreme. To the absolute truth, maybe to the supreme person. You you can feel that he is uh, a natural lover of God. This is very uh, like that. So you you fell down on your knee. No, never never did that. Huh? <laughs> you are students, French or whatever, Paris. And you feel like push down, uh, push down to bow down. And simultaneously, you have these uh, beautiful people, young people around him. He's there on the stage, a sage, and uh, out of this world, and also very, very there with us, bringing, bringing bringing the spiritual realm, bringing the, the, the original reality from where we, we come and which we are looking for. He has all that within. And he has this beautiful, very nice boys next to him sitting, very strong, very clean, clean head and, and uh, tila. Where do they come from? You know, it's like beautiful young men, serious and peaceful, strong. And the other side, oh, you see these girls. I, I, almost you don't want to say girls, or it's, it's different. You see these, yes, like angels, you know, very beautiful, like saintly, right. Huh? Very bright. Very bright. Bright and very, uh, you know, the whole thing makes them, you know, a girl is beautiful always, young girl especially. And uh, uh, their whole uh, demeanor, demeanor? Mm -hmm. whole, yeah, demeanor. makes them, wow, you know, with a sari and head, and they look like reserved and, oh, it's like uh, a group of saints, saintly people, saintly boys and girls uh, who came with this great sage who comes from <coughs> the transcendental realm of God and is there down there in Paris. So that was nice, uh, uh, nice walk eh, in Paris. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Up to us here, Prabhupada. Yeah. And that, uh, okay, that make like an uh, explosion, uh, start uh, in, the, in my heart. Something uh, I was not, uh, I did not scratch the match myself, just, you know, like that. Uh, yeah. What an extraordinary person, huh? Old man, alone, like in the movie. Okay. Alone. He's alone. And uh, he has such a uh, different power. Do you remember yeah. which year that was? Which that year? was 72. 72. That was yeah. the same year that Prabhupada came to London, came to Amsterdam. We all saw him the first yeah. year at the same time. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. 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 Was it art school or something? Huh? College for art? Art school? Yeah, that was the uh, uh, Ecole d'Architecture. Yeah, yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. You were there. Yeah, Ecole d'Architecture in Paris, Quartier Latin. Um, yeah, that's where the first devotees in France used to have their Sunday feast. Uh, they came. Mumapati Prabhu, there with one or two young devotees, he comes alone to Paris. Prabhupada asked him to start in 70. And he goes there, he speaks a little French. He has been in the army with from America in France before. And he starts looking around, sleeping under the bridge. He knows nobody, he has no money. He sleeps under the bridges and speak with the students like that and slowly uh, he goes to the American Center in Paris, cultural center, this is all uh, Ecole d'Architecture and every uh, Sunday uh, he organized a little uh, festival with uh, fruit salad and a little drink and the one in charge of the, this little hall uh, becomes you know, attractive and he will become uh, Arivilas Prabhu. Arivilas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, another, he is American also, he's there. And another uh, American person becomes attractive also. He came to, to Paris, he's a student. And uh, very soon he is caught by the Hare Krishna explosion, heart explosion. And he will become Yogeshwar Prabhu. Yeah, so these are the first little group. And yeah. very soon, okay. yeah. and very soon, oh, finally, they appear, the French ones. <laughs> 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 Three girls, oh, <laughs> Paris, <laughs> France. <laughs> Three girls, Jyotiamai, they will become, Mandakini, Mataji, who is known for a connection with Russia, and Ilavati. <coughs> and then the whole thing developed like that. Yeah. Mandakini oh. was the first devotee I ever saw. Oh. Thank you. Pardon? And the first girl I saw. First one you ever saw? Well, she was the first devotee I ever saw. Hmm. When I arrived first time in Bury Place in September 71, she was in 
where he placed them. And I was stood out. Any of you seen that old building in Bury Place in London? Have you seen it? If any of you do go from Manchester to London one day, <laughs> you can uh, find out where Bury Place is. And uh, it's not difficult. It's very close to the British Museum, <laughs> just 50 metres away, pretty much. And there's, there's still the building still there. It hasn't changed. The door is the same. The window is the same. The whole structure is the same, more mm. or less. A little change, but very little. And I arrived there never having seen a devotee in my life. You know, one of the powers, as Pritu Prabhu was saying, as Goswami Prabhu was saying, was Prabhupada's power, his shakti, his amazing, uh, let's say, whatever, everything. And, uh, you know, I'd never seen him. I never heard anything about the Hare Krishnas, but just by reading a Back to Godhead magazine, not even a book, the Back to Godhead magazine was so important and powerful. It was a magazine of sharing Krishna consciousness with everyone, especially the hippies loved the Back to Godhead magazine if they could read. And <laughs> fascinating pictures. Most of them were too intoxicated to read, but some of us had a little... Actually, the day I decided no more intoxication, that was the day I found the Back to God in a garbage, practically, and read it, and it just, like, lights shot on, lights just, boom. And I thought, I'm going to go and find out what this is all about. So I went to the temple, and it was in Bury Place, and there was this building, no one around, and I was doing what to do. The door was in front of me. There was no sign what to do, no bell, just a door, big door. Quite not big, not like that. But the English standard, quite big. We don't have such big doors as you French people do. Small ones. And uh, I know what to do. Just knock, push. I wanted to go to the toilet. I thought, maybe I should go to the toilet first. They're probably yoga, yogis. They probably don't eat. <laughs> maybe they don't even have a toilet. I better go first. But I thought, no, I've come all the way. I was nervous. I was feeling, what to do? And I went to press the door. And in my hand, this is another one of Prabhupada's mystic powers. My hand was about this far from the door. And suddenly the door flew open. <laughs> it wasn't one of those censored doors, you know, we have now. <laughs> Old wooden door. And the door flew open. I almost flew into the temple like this. I was like, almost fell over going forward. And there was Mandakini. Opening the door the other way. She didn't know I was there. She was on her way out. Now you can say it in a nice French accent. I can't speak in French very well. You know. Oh, welcome, welcome. Say it in French. Come on. Oh, bienvenue. No, we'll say it in English. <laughs> <laughs> then she said, Oh, you've just come. You come just at the right time. Just at the right time. It's Prasadam time. It's Prasadam time. I came at one o'clock, mid, exactly one o'clock. And she said, it's Prasadam time. Come in. C'est le moment du Prasadam. I had no idea what is she talking about. Prasadam. Anyway, that was my first devotee, Mandakina, the first one I ever met. Amazing devotee, if you haven't met her, Mandakini. She's an incredible devotee. She'll be 
she's from France, as we've already heard. She's normally living in Paris. She's moving to South, preached in Russia. First Western devotee in Russia, preaching on a regular basis. Not the first one there. I've got to go in a few minutes. Are you going to carry on or you want us to knock off now? It's 8.35. Okay, Okay, can I just speak a little while? Then I've got to, I'm leaving for Paris myself very early in the morning, so I've got to get ready. Can't stay till long. But we two can speak a little more then. I'll speak a few words. And if you want, I mean, we'll all be here next week, right? We, if yeah. you want, you can have another evening. That's entirely up to you. I'll just speak a few words because I've got to go. I don't need a mic, though. Or I can use that one. I, and one thing that came up there... Um, Hare Krishna. One thing that came up there <laughs> struck me between the, the, the Pritu Prabhas talking about that Amsterdam, the fire yogi in Amsterdam, huh? and you know, different things. So I was just thinking about fire yogis. And one of my favorite stories, and it's really, you could say, an indication of what it was like, link, linking up with Gopaswami Prabhu, by the way, was not a hippie. You weren't a hippie, were you? A what? A hippie. You know what a hippie is? <laughs> Something extraordinary, probably. Something very extraordinary. You're not a hippie. No, I can't imagine you being a hippie. <laughs> well, I don't know if you were a hippie. I was a hippie. Completely. You were a He's still a he's still a hippie. Even George Harrison told me personally, said Peter, you are a real hippie. You are <laughs> very authorized. But he's, he's a transcendental hippie now. He's a spiritual hippie. There are other hippies in the spiritual world. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> anyway, in some way. Anyway. This uh, one of my favourite stories. Uh, who's read the books by Sham Sundar Prabhu, Chasing Rhinos? I bet you some of you have read it. God, not many. You really have a laugh reading those books. Huh? They're incredible. So one of my favourite stories is there's so many of them. But it was I've got this nostalgic uh, asp I'm kind of quite nostalgic. I really got this thing about San Francisco when Prabhupada was in San Francisco. I've never been there. I want to go before I leave this body if I can. Probably change. I love those stories in San Francisco, which uh, I'm sort of recounts. Mukundu also in his book. You know, also beautiful. And Buddha, so fantastic. I mean, it's just, you could just imagine Shiva Prabhupada there with all these, as Prabhupada was saying, all these hippies. Well, we were hippies. I mean, it wasn't just the public. You know, the devotees in San Francisco were like hippies. Practically speaking, you read or heard about the installation, it's that. But the first initiation in San Francisco, and I guess it was in early 67, and he describes how they sat down. Now, they didn't sit down like you do. Uh, when are you coming here? Who was that who wanted to be initiated? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> You've got to wear dhotis, by the way. <laughs> Put your dhoti, tilak, got to bathe, tilak everywhere. You know, everything's like, oh, you've got to be like this. It wasn't like that then. It was very... Uh, crude in one sense, very simple and the divorcees had their jeans on, t-shirts they didn't even know what the four regulated principles were quite often, that was like dumped on them, initiation <laughs> 16 rounds, 4 regs um, but anyway the first is just a small thing on this is, is that Tisham Surma said when they sat down and then 
the fire sacrifice ceremony began, you know. And normally, you know, you throw the grains and this and that. And then probably at the end he said, now, take the banana. And, and obviously in his Bengali accent, like we two people were saying, they probably couldn't. Take the banana. They started to peel the bananas to eat them. He thought he meant, eat the bananas now. And they said, now, bow down. They thought he said, blow down. So they all started blowing at the fire. <laughs> That's what it was like. They didn't know nothing. Actually, nothing. Anyway, I mean, just... Probably was like, you know, such a loving father to all the devotees in those days. So he would even... Anyway, fire sacrifices. So another one taken up Preetu Prabhu's point in Amsterdam with no flowers. It was in Tokyo. We're talking, because you said other stories besides your own personal ones. But in Tokyo, when they had a little sacrifice there, they also had no, no flowers. They had no, they had no fruits, nothing. And Prabhu said, bring, bring the pushpa. Bring the pushpa. What does pushpa mean? Flowers. Flowers. Well, they thought pushpan rice. So they bought pushpan rice. <laughs> they cooked pushpan. They know, we didn't know anything. It was like far out. Our initiation was also far out. And um, two things. You may have heard about the 1973 Rathiatra Festival in London. You heard a famous festival. This is the 50th anniversary this year. 50th anniversary. We spoke about that in London when we were there a little bit. Mahavishnu was there. He or Mahavishnu, oh boy, to go on. I'll leave that one for another day. But anyway, amazing event. Um, but we also had, in 1972, Prabhupada was at the Rathiatra in London. Were you there, P2? 72 in London? You didn't come over. Anyway, at that time, Prabhupada gave the initiation on Trafalgar Square. We got initiated in beginning of July 72 on Trafalgar Square. Can you imagine? So do you know where Nelson's column is? There's like this stone plinth underneath the column where you can sit on it or stand up. We were all sat there. Prabhupada was sat there on his Vyasa Sam and uh, the whole ceremony, there's about 30 of us from different countries. I don't know Holland and maybe from Germany also, different countries had come to get initiated by Prabhupada. So about 30 of us all together. And the fire yogi of Prajumna was there. He was Prabhupada's Panditji. You've heard of Prajumna, perhaps he called him Panditji. Eh? Such a sweet devotee. So he was, he was um, doing the yogya. And uh, right in public, I mean, right, there were maybe 10,000 people in the square. It was packed, packed. Most of them were white. They weren't Indians. Now, Rafi it's 90% Indian devotees, practically, isn't it? Nothing wrong with that. But then... the Anyway, so the yoga is going on. Prabhupada's Sitting there, he gave a, a lecture. I can't remember a word of it. I don't even know if it was recorded. I never found a recording. We were kind of like in suspense, you know, and uh, waiting for the next thing. Then we, then the yogya began. Well, first of all, of course, before the yogya, the names are given, the beads are given. You come up for your initiation. I'm just telling you what to do if you want to. You, know. <laughs> you come up. You've got to bring Dakshin. Don't forget. We didn't bring Dakshin. <laughs> and. Uh, 
The names were called out three at a time. Virginia was calling the names out. We had to go up three at a time. So we went up. My name was one of the first three. John, Paul, Jeff. Jeff won. There were three Jeffs. Uh, I think two or three. Getting initiated there. And so I was number whatever it was. Number two, I think. Number two, yeah, that was appropriate. And uh, he called the names up. We went up. Prabhupada looked at us. said, where are the neck beats? We had no neck beats. In those days, we didn't even have beatbacks. We had no kurtas. We had very simple, an old nylon dolly and a t-shirt. That's what we were wearing for the initiation. And no beatbacks. Beads were made of anything. My beads were made of, they were a hundred beads made of wood, which a hippie had given me. Some, you know what. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I made it up to 108 for Prabhupada to chant on. He chanted on these beads. 108. I, I, I got some dough. You know what dough is? Ladies, you know what dough is. I don't mean money. They, they think dough means money. You mean <laughs> What does dough mean? Exactly money. You know, you make your chapatis. <laughs> they don't know anything about this. They're not allowed in the kitchen. <laughs> so I took some dough. I love to be cooking, actually. I took some dough, and I rolled balls. I re-threaded them. And there was no knots. We never had knots in those days between us. And I re-threaded these, the, the beads so I could make it up to 108 with dough balls. So I put some dough balls on the string. And I put the beads in the oven and cooked them. They became very hot. And they went hard. And Prabhupada chanted on those beads. Yeah, some of words had, you know, I don't know what they had. They had all kinds of different materials. Uh, anyway, we went up for our initiation and, and Prabhupada said, you have to have neck beads. We had no, no one had neck beads in machine. <coughs> and nobody thought about it when we were on the square. So the sub, I had to wait until someone, someone other brought neck beads and put this on. And then they started reading up the names again. And after about, I was in the first batch, they started all over again. 27, last three, called out for whatever it was. And no me. Saying I was sat there like a <sighs> bewildered, and I won't mention the emotions what I was feeling, but completely bewildered. And then the fire yogi began, and I said, "What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to do this or not? Do we leave? What do we do? We're kind of stunned. Everyone else has got their beads, and they're doing, they don't have a clue what their name is. Most of them is like." Something like, you know, Dhiranayaka or some name like that. <laughs> How are you going to remember that one? And, and I never had beads, no name or anything. And it's all over. The, the, the yoga finished. Everyone's jumping joyfully. What's your new name, Prabhu? And they put their piece of paper with it written on. Here it is. Um, you know, whatever. Dhiranayaka Das Brahmachari or something like that. And then the Danajai came up to me and said, What's your name, Jeff? What's your new name? I said, I don't have one. I said, what? You don't know you're supposed to be initiated. Well, I don't know. I didn't get missed. I didn't get any beads. I didn't get called up. I said, oh, because Danajai was somewhere else doing services. And then he ran over to Prabhupada. Prabhupada was just getting into his car to leave. He got off his ass and went to his car to go back to Bury Place. And I don't know what he said. He spoke to him. Prajumna was there. I saw the exchange and he told me what happened. He said, 
what happened? This boy is supposed to be initiated. He said, no, no, all the bees have been... Oh, that means we're finished. The lights have gone out. All the bees have been given. Prajimini used to carry this old bag, this shoulder bag. It was very tatty. Very tatty. That means it was like a bit ragged, a bit torn. So he said, no, all the beads have been given out. There's no devotees left. What do you mean? He said, just see, my bag's empty. He put his hand in the bag. And boop. Oh, one set of beads was left. And I, again, then Damanjaya then said, what to do? And Prajimini spoke to Prabhupada. And he said, tell the boy to come back to the temple. I didn't know what was coming. I didn't know. I thought Prabhupada's going to tell me to go away and don't come back again. But I'm such a demon, such a rascal. I still think I know what to do. And I'm not going to tell the rest of the story. I'll leave that for another time. Oh, oh. Time has expired. We've got to hand over now to Pitu for, for 10 more minutes or 15 minutes to finish it off. I really have to go because I've got to do many things tonight and I've got to leave early in the morning. Thank you all very much. So we'll see you when we get back. And if you do want us to come another evening, it's up to you. Otherwise, we just have to leave them in system. Huh? Are you going to Paris tonight? Pardon? Are you going to Paris? I'm going to Paris. You don't know the, the you don't know the secret of storytelling. You don't know the <laughs> you don't know the story. You don't know the secret. You're obviously not one. <laughs> I'll leave it there for now, and uh, you can speculate what happened next. Okay, Hare Krishna. Thank you all very much, and have a great weekend. We'll be with you. We're coming back Monday, and we hope to join you on Tuesday. On you're going on Harry now, I heard, weather allowing. Um, 